Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 185 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Allison. So the biggest piece of news since we last recorded a couple weeks ago is that the Mets have officially hired Carlos Mendoza as their new manager. Um Mendoza spent the last four seasons as bench coach uh, of the Yankees under Aaron Boone. Um, And yeah, uh, probably the most notable thing about this hire is that it is not Craig Council. (laughs) Which was like, they announced it first, clearly, just to be like, well, we did buy Council anyway. Because it was like, Mets are getting Carlos Mendoza or signing Carlos Mendoza. And it was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that happened real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the way the Craig Council drama unfolded was like very like unfolded in real time was like very funny to observe because it was like basically the it was like the Mets hired Mendoza. So you knew it wasn't them. And then it was like uh, Council's not going to the Mets. It's like, yeah, well, duh. And then it's like Council's not staying in Milwaukee either but he's not going to any team with a managerial vacancy. And so it was like, oh, not the Mets or Brewers, but but a secret third thing <laughs> <laughs> that no one expected. Um, and it turned out that he is uh, the manager of the Cubs now, which was the beyond which, of the Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> <laughs> which was Hooray. certainly not expected because the Cubs had not yet fired their manager. Um, they were not a team that was going into the offseason with a managerial vacancy. They had a manager who they promptly fired after hiring Craig Council. Or like yeah, it's not just like way. hiring Craig Council, but like hiring Craig Council. Like they threw a ton of money at him and courted yes. the shit out of him. They wanted Craig Council. And like I mean, I like it's so messy. It's all very, very messy. Yes. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, good for y'all. Yeah. That seems like okay. It's, you, you seem to feel very strongly about each other. So good on you. And I don't know, it just, it, it, it's hard to get very upset about it. It's just, oh, okay. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I felt, um, I mean, I'll admit I felt very let down initially just by, like, it was like, I don't know. I have this feeling where it was like, because I think it was compounding by the fact that um, Dan, uh, Kantrovitz, the guy that we talked about in in the last show, who the Mets were, you know, trying to recruit to their front office, um, stayed with the Cubs too. Um, well, not too. He he stayed with the Cubs, and then Council got hired by the Cubs. So it's kind of like I felt like the Mets got used twice over for mm. guys to to get higher offers from the Cubs. It, it felt like the Mets were just being used as leverage for guys to get paid more by another team, which it's kind of frustrating to be used as leverage that way. But I guess the alternative is that the Mets are never in the conversation in the first place. It is kind of like cool to be that team as uh, for a change. Usually like the Yankees are that team where it's like, oh, if you don't pay me more, the Yankees will. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, maybe this was a special circumstance, but um, you need to figure out why the Mets aren't, they are the ones being used and they're not the attractive destination yeah. instead. Yeah. Like, Epler was their, like, 20,000th <laughs> candidate. <laughs> yeah. And now so they had to settle for epler now it seems like they're settling again it seemed like they really had their heart set on council he told them though and they're like well i guess it's mendoza and Um, cue the cue the like barrage of pieces from the new york media about how great carlos mendoza is yeah it's basically like the team being like we wanted him all along 
And yeah, and then you have like glowing reports from the Yankees. Like, what, what's Aaron Boone going to say? I hated the guy, but really, come on. Don't go to Aaron Boone for quotes. You're not going <laughs> to get anything. And then like Martino, the company man, is like, oh, if the Mets hadn't hired Mendoza, the Padres would have scooped him up. Like, stop trying to sell him that hard to us, Martino. Yeah. Like, oh, the Padres. Oh, yes. well. <laughs> there's a there's a team that's really on together the- right now. Yeah, has their shit together. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be outmaneuvered by the Padres. Padres. That just took out a $50 million loan to meet their payroll obligations. San Diego <laughs> Padres, that team. That team, <laughs> that team was going to pay Craig Council a, a record amount of money? I don't think Whoa. so. Whoa. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, but I... Uh, what Maggie said is true in the sense that it's like good for Craig Council because he not only uh, he not only broke the record for uh, salary for a manager, he absolutely smashed it. He is by far the most highly paid manager ever. Um, and yeah, I mean. So sure, like good for him, good for the Cubs. It's It's good for him in many ways because he probably doesn't have to move at all because Milwaukee and Chicago are very close together. It's like 90 minutes away. So he probably doesn't even have to uproot his family. Um, And it seems like, yeah, speaking on the leverage point, it seems like, you know, going into the, uh, the hiring process, uh, the interest was so strong. It was being leaked everywhere that the interest was in the Mets was so strong. And now after the fact, it's being leaked that eh, he was never really going to go to the Mets to begin with. I know we got our guy. We didn't really want him. Yeah. Well, like, and and it's like both sides too. Like the Mets are saying, like, ah, oh, you know, Mendoza was our man, and like they're saying, like, oh, Council didn't really want to go to the Mets uh, at all. So it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, I guess that was always a pipe dream. You made it seem like it was going to be real. You dangled this carrot in front of us just to pull it away, but fine. Um. The but as whatever as lol Mets as it was, the Brewers were way more down bad about it, and oh my god, oh yeah, a lot better (laughs) about about the Mets being like used a little bit because the Brewers, oh my god, the quote that (laughs) Mark, the quote that the Brewers owner gave about it, uh, the quote that Mark Adonacio gave about this when he said, uh, what was the quote? I'm going like he's also lost us. Like, yeah, we lost Craig, but he lost our community. (laughs) We're all here today because we lost Craig, but I've reflected on this. Craig has lost us and he's lost our community. Also, it's a really special place to be. (laughs) He listened to lemonade and he prayed about it. And Yeah, Yeah, that's the most down bad I've ever seen. (laughs) Like the Mets have been down bad in their in their entire existence, but never that down bad. (laughs) No. Yeah. Like I feel like someone someone needs to like Photoshop do one of those Photoshops of like uh, one of the like Taylor Swift album covers and like pretend that these are Taylor Swift lyrics because I feel like it's very <laughs> it could easily be a Taylor Swift song like, you know he I've reflected on this he really lost us <laughs> yeah like uh, I'm not mad at all he's but I'm really community. mad yes he's lost our community oh man me when um uh, me when uh Pete Alonzo leaves for the agency. I feel like well he's lost he, New he's, York. He's lost our community. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I don't put that in the universe. I don't know how much I don't know if we're getting to this in the show notes, but I don't know how much clearer David Stearns could make it. He's standing there like at a podium. <laughs> yeah. He's like we are going to sign Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is our first baseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I don't think Pete Alonzo. And they're like trade buzz. He's like nothing no. going to happen. Like he literally said, Pete Alonzo is going to be our starting first baseman. And they were like, Yeah, but, the but are you going to trade him? <laughs> but yeah. David, are you going to trade him? 
Uh, yeah, but the Cubs are interested. You're going to trade him, right? No, no, he's our opening day first baseman. No. Yeah, that's it's like the easiest possible layup to start with a new team is sign the beloved dinger hitting first baseman to a long-term deal. It's yeah. it's a very, very easy choice. It'll yeah. happen. And he next. has made it very clear that we do not have anything to worry about. It'll happen next offseason, probably, if not sooner. Um Regarding uh, Mendo- the Mendoza hire, um, you know, there was obviously like a lot of hype about him in the New York media suddenly after they announced his hiring. Um, and I mean, a lot of it is fluff and like pumping the company line. But some of it like like Will Salmon of The Athletic published a profile on Mendoza today. Um, we're recording this on November 13th. Uh, he published it earlier today that uh, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, that talked about like why he has the strong reputation with the Yankees that he does, um, and his why his players seem to love him. And, you know, I, I I think that I think that like Martino and others are not lying when they say that he was he like he had done managerial interviews prior to this. Like that is a fact. Whether the Padres or whoever would have like swooped in and hired him immediately if the Mets didn't, I don't know how true that is. But I do know that he has been a hot managerial candidate for some time now. It's that that part definitely a buzz guy. Yeah, a buzz guy. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Mets have not. I'll say the Mets have not had good luck with buzz guy first time managers in the past. <laughs> no, um, in the recent past, aka Luis Rojas and Mickey Calloway, to name a couple of those. Um, he blew us away in the interview. Yeah, that was it, right? Like, it was, he, yes. that was that was Dick Pickmick. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, it was. That's why I feel like we're just gonna get that same cycle, like. He interviewed so well. He came in with this vision and then he's going to suck the first year. And they're like, well, he was learning. We got to give him time. And then by year two, you're like, oh, no, he's just terrible. I do worry a bit about that, given how uh, given uh, the poor luck that the Mets have had with first time managers in the past. Um, That said, and that's not talking about, you know, Mickey Calloway's conduct other uh, off the field um oh well, well fully on the field in some cases but you know what i mean um but i do think that he's a bit different from the other two in the sense that he has a more robust like resume he managed in the minor leagues for a long time and yeah. he also was a bench coach the other two were like i think luis rojas was was he a bench coach before or was he a um, I forget what he was before. And Mickey Callaway was only a pitching coach. No, like he, I don't think he was ever a bench coach. Yeah. I might be he making was only that a, up. No, I think yes. he was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Mendoza comes with a little bit more experience and I think that he has a reputation for being like, you know, good in the clubhouse and also analytically forward, I guess, um, is the best word I can use. Um, even though uh, Brian Cashman insists that the Yankees don't use analytics, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, oh my god! I think I think a point in Mendoza's favor. Um, it's something that I like about the hire. It's hard to say whether this is a good hire, right? Because like he's a first time manager, you have no idea how it's going to pan out. Um, but something I like about this hire is that I think having a bilingual manager will be really big for players like Francisco Alvarez, who is Mendoza's countryman. He's from the same, uh, he's from Venezuela as well. So I think that like for players like Alvarez, um, having that bilingual manager, I think will he'll connect with those young players. Um, and I think that that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's, he's only the second Venezuelan manager ever, I think. So that's also pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I think I having a bilingual manager is 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 good, is an asset for sure. But for me, I mean, everything with the I don't trust anybody on the Yankees coaching staff with how they handled the Rizzo situation last year. So if he was the bench that coach, that is bad. You're supposed to be the liaison between the players and management. So we have two options here. He either didn't realize 
his first baseman's brain was broken when it was obvious to everyone, or he realized and wasn't a strong enough advocate for him. And both are really, really bad options. Like, if Lindor gets kicked in the head, is he just going to let Lindor play for three months? I hope not. Um, Yeah, I mean... I think the counter argument to that is I'm not sure how much say the bench coach has in these situations. But you still advocate for your play. Then that means he wasn't a strong enough advocate for his player's health. And I guess the counter counter argument would be like, well, if the bench coach doesn't have sway over these things, then what evidence do you have that he actually like has merited this job? And why is he getting all this all these accolades in the first place if he didn't really affect any decisions yeah um so i don't know i mean yeah. and like stuffing people and stuffing her men in the sauna when he's drunk like none of these coaches should ever work in baseball ever again i'm sorry yeah i don't think we want to replicate the uh yankees no. winning clubhouse culture from last season it is kind of a circus over there yeah, it is. yeah. but like, there's just bad juju in the bronx yeah there is there is some disconnect in my mind between like you know how the yankees comported themselves last season in general and this like sterling reputation that mendoza seems to have with like everybody like it's not just the Yankees like saying this about their own guy, right? Like again, other teams keep like being interested in him too and saying that he like gave a great interview or whatever, but giving a great interview doesn't mean you're going to be good at your job. It's we'll see. Uh, I feel like there's so little to go on with him. Yeah. That you might as well just err on the side of being a little less miserable. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel about it. Yeah. And that said, speaking of like little to go on, because he's a first time manager, the difference between his salary and Craig Council's salary is rather vast. Um, He's not getting paid nearly as much as Council um, or as much as Buck Showalter got paid for that matter. Um, And I think, you know, I'm not I'm not pretending that I know it, that I know any inside info about the Mets process or what they were thinking. But I just know that front office guys think this way, that I think the Mets just thought to themselves, well, like how much is, you know, if the if say the manager, the difference between like a middle of the road manager. And if you, if you are a person who believes that Craig council is like a top manager in the game, which clearly many believe this, um, what's the, what's the difference in terms of wins, like maybe a few wins per season. Um, and I think the Mets just are thinking to themselves, well, the difference in that salary, we can afford like a player that could make up for that, that number of wins is this the right way to think when steve cohen is your owner and you can literally just pay craig council i don't know but i do think that you know front office guys think in these terms and you know oh we don't think the difference between craig council and our second choice is worth you know seven million dollars or whatever i guess i guess we'll see we'll see um, and also just sign Shohei Otani and make everything go away. <laughs> I yeah, that'd be that'd be really great. Um, there are reports out there, though this this, this gets the hashtag Bob disclaimer. Yeah, this report is from Bob Nightingale. Um, <laughs> he reports that the Mets are focusing their efforts on uh, Yoshinibu uh, Yamamoto, uh, believing they have quote no realistic chance to sign Shohei. But it's Bob, so that means it is they're Bob. signing Otani. So. Congratulations, Shohei Otani. You are a New York man. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, like oh no, what if they only sign Yamamoto? No, no. Oh no. No, no. What will yeah. we do? Who knows? How and much by only, is. I mean, like, that is the highest level player they sign, and not that that's the only player they sign, because no matter, even if they did sign Shohei Otani, they still need two more starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah. seriously. No, they um, might need three now with Peterson well, out. And also, oh, thank like, God, Peterson. Sorry, 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 David Peterson. I know, but, but like, thank God this is out of the Mets' themselves. hands. They <laughs> yeah. can't. I didn't. I didn't even put that in the show notes because I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it just like <laughs> dropped out of nowhere that David Peterson had surgery. I hope for the best for him. I yeah. hope like 
he bounces back and has like amazing starts in AAA and then dominates the major league level forever and ever. Amen. But like, um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I would prefer him to be on the shelf during the off season and the Mets can't make any stupid decisions. Yep. Yeah. Like, he, it is saving them. Don't need a number a six bit. starter. We have David Peterson. No, you don't. You got, no, no you don't. <laughs> Linda, it's 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 time for the chirp. It's chirp season, damn chirp. it! Chirp, chirp, chirp. It's time chirp. for the chirp. He's better than Tyler McGill. He is. He should have mm-hmm. severely written, risen up on their death chart after last season. And but now with not Peterson that high, out. not because of him, but because they also need to sign like three, three actual major league. Yeah, rotation starters. Because even oh, if they man. sign, even if they sign Shohei Otani, he's not pitching next year. So. No, yeah. right. <laughs> he could slot in in the future, hopefully, but you still need pitching for this year. Yep. So I mean, the turf can be the long man at the pen. I'm okay with that. But yeah, they need at least three more pitchers, <laughs> and they need a hole. Bullpen and a whole bullpen, yeah, because uh, out of Vino, out of Vino, uh, yeah, the Mets exercised, uh, they had a team option, I think, on Brooks Raley, which they yeah. exercised, and Adam out of Vino had a player option, which he declined. So the Mets bullpen is Edwin Diaz, uh, Brooks Raley, and a bunch of popsicle sticks, right? Drew now. Smith, yeah. He's a borderline. You said the bunch of popsicle sticks. I did. One of those popsicle sticks is Drew Smith. (laughs) I like sure they have him. Like, I don't given the again, like again, your your owner is Steve Cohen, so who cares is my view. But like if I'm looking at this with a cold heart and just my mind, like Drew Smith's a borderline non-tender candidate, given the amount of money he's going to make. Sadly, like you can find for sure Drew Smith for for less money. This is true. I would probably still tender him, but he shouldn't even necessarily be like a lock to make the bullpen. Yeah, like they should consider him like a fringe candidate. But yeah, but I also think they can just light the money on fire. So. Because they have a lot of needs. They have so many needs. Basically the entire pitching set. They have they have two reliable relievers and two reliable starting pitchers. That's it. On the whole staff. Well, um, at least Stearns did say they're focusing on pitching. I'm like, okay, so you recognize your needs. That's good. <laughs> we're we're halfway there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know quote me on this like a dummy but it seems 90 percent that they were are gonna sign Yamamoto I mean that really seems to be that I I don't think they would wait around if they have an opening to sign him is certainly setting up a an epic showdown bidding war between the Mets and Yankees for him yeah that's what they're trying to manufacture (laughs) at this but I mean look the Mets can point to very very recent success in that regard and i that's probably worth something not to mention just having um someone who literally speaks your language that's got to feel kind of cool um i don't know i i feel like the mets have a lot to offer him which the mets don't have a lot to offer most of the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are generally like <laughs> not they're bringing much yeah, to the table. They're generally what the Yankees are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't have they don't have the Ep dog anymore though. He was the one who was all about um signing the Japanese free agents, and he was the one that recruited Otani, and he was the, to the Angels, and he was the one that recruited Senga to the Mets. But I think that they'll do okay hopefully, in the negotiations regardless. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Stearns can handle it. Stearns and also, like, speaking of, I'm also glad they're not rushing into just getting a GM, because they, they are kind of far behind since yeah. he uh, quit, kind of, like, that's super deep into the offseason, but it wasn't an ideal situation, let's put it that way. Right. So, at least now they can't be like, we're on our 11th choice for GM now. 
Speaking of which, remember when uh, remember when Rob Manfred was like, oh, we're going to wrap up this investigation soon into the Mets and we haven't heard a single goddamn thing. I don't know if that's good or bad. I can't tell. Yeah. Like, are they still investigating? Did they drop they, it? They, they most definitely are still investigating. But it's kind of like, does that mean that they're like that we haven't heard anything? Is no news good news? Or does that mean that like there are things that like to reveal that they haven't yet revealed? Yeah, uh, I guess we'll see about that. Um, Are there any offshoot investigations? <laughs> like, investigations spurred on by the investigation. Have oh, they no. had to liaise with any law enforcement <laughs> officials yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the FBI this, was brought in. I was going to say the FBI is busy at Eric Adams' house, <laughs> so they had to wait. Uh, they had to wait for them to become available to go to Billy Epler's house. If I could capture one moment in history to watch, it would be Eric Adams trying to shit talk his way through handing over his phone and stuff to the FBI, trying to like sound all like big boy like he usually tries to (laughs) while also being scared shitless by the FBI who are investigating him. I think that would have been an amazing moment. Hashtag New York uh, tough as he's being yeah. away in handcuffs and shitting his a pants. A fly on that wall. <laughs> oh my goodness. It would be some of the funniest bluster you've ever heard in your life. Mm, <laughs> someday. Someday. So speaking of Kodai Sanga, though, um, he we learned today that he finished second to Corbin Carroll for the National League Rookie of the Year, um, which I think is exactly the deserved outcome. Um, I think Corbin expected. Carroll... Corbin Carroll yeah. deserves Rookie of the Year. He 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 won a freaking World Series. Uh, uh, he was fantastic for a World Series winning team, um, and that's well deserved. But I'm very happy that Kodai Senga finished second in the voting. I think that's also very yeah. well deserved. Um, Two point nine ERA, two hundred strikeouts yeah. as a rookie. Like, yeah, that's pretty yeah. freaking good. But like, two people didn't vote for him. Who didn't vote for him? I thought it was three people that didn't vote for him. Yeah, yeah. Three. Was three people. One of them was one Keith of them was Law. Keith Law, and I'm sure Keith Law has some sort of like honorable rule about not voting for Japanese rookies because yeah. they're not real. They're rookies. professionals. I yeah. absolutely 150 percent guarantee. Yeah, that is the reason for him. Yeah, but the others, I don't know. Yeah, it might be the same thing. I mean, I think that's stupid. And if that was the difference between him like winning it and not winning it, I'd be pissed. Yeah. But like it didn't I'm matter, gonna, but yeah. I'm not gonna pick that fight. If if that's how most of you feel, then remove the rookie eligibility for yeah. for the Japanese players then. Like I like I don't know what to tell you. Like per the rules, they are rookies. So you have to treat them as such. I don't know what to tell And there are arguments that it's a harder transition. It's a different kind of game. Yeah, especially for the pitchers. Yeah, yeah, different language, different cult. I mean, yeah, different different pitching load, different schedule. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things to adjust to. Well, my dude, twenty twenty three, Kodai Senga, lost so proud. That's yeah, that is the Apato magic. (laughs) It was, it was. Uh, I have whatever uh, the opposite of Apato magic is for my dude, who is now yeeted off the 40 man roster <laughs> r.i.p yeah that is basically those are kind of the two inevitable outcomes for my dude by by definition yeah pretty much one of them's gonna end up being like comeback player of the year and another is going to be not tender <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so in addition to kodai sanga finished second finishing second in the Rookie of the Year balloting. Francisco Lindor won a Silver Slugger, which is very cool. Yay. Yeah, he did. Now, can we talk about the bullshit with the gold glove last time or no? No. Because no. I don't think it had happened yet. Because he deserved both. He did just. God damn both. it. I mean, Dan C. Swanson's a really good fielder, but also but Francisco no. Lindor deserves recognition for this. And he's he just he never gets he never no. gets his flowers. No, it's close enough that you would think that there would be some consideration of the volume of his unacknowledged work. Agree. Very frustrating. So he should have a silver. Although I'm even more mad about the Jeff McNeil position award. Yes, that was continually like half the nominees have been 
also nominated for positions and it makes me so mad yeah. because the whole point is for everyone who can't get nominated for a position and yeah. you know it just it's a jeff mcneil position let yeah, it, it was like made for mcneil and he doesn't even get that <laughs> boo boo yeah, I would like to speak to these people who are voting for these awards. I'd like to speak, I would to, like to, speak to the baseball manager, <laughs> to the baseball award manager. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's that's the relevant Met Awards. That's really it. <laughs> and Francisco, I mean, we by still, the way, have they done the Cy Young finalists? No, they haven't done the no. Cy Young yet. Because I think Senga has a shot at number three. I think that would pre- that would be pretty exciting. Well, no, yeah. because Jeff Passan tweeted out like the nominees, but they weren't in alphabetical order. So people were assuming like that was the order of the awards, and so far it's held, and Senga was not on the Cy Young. Okay. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um but I yeah, think uh- Snell won. Oh, well, so if, if yeah. it holds, Snell would be the Cy Young Award winner. Which seems, I mean, I wouldn't have That's thought fine. that Zenga would win it. I feel like he should have been third, but I can understand fourth. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah, I'm assuming, yeah, he's probably at least top five. Um, I also would like to remind everyone that Francisco Lindor did all this with bone chips yep. in his elbow. Yep. So, yeah, that is a thing. Um. So the last piece of Mets news or like Mets adjacent news. Oh wait, and also I just want to say Nimmo was also snubbed for a full club. Yeah. Nimmo Nimmo deserves more recognition in general. He's a very underrated player, just in general. But luckily he's a Met forever now. So um the uh last bit of Mets adjacent news uh that uh that came up in the past couple of weeks is that um, Steve Cohen sort of unveiled his plan um, called Metropolitan Park, which is a plan to transform the area around City Field. Um, this has been something that's been that has been in the works for a while and will obviously continue to be in the works for a while. Um, but we finally saw like exactly what he's planning um, around the area. And it's really cool. Um, I mean, obviously, I like there's it's a casino, so there's a casino, and we could talk about sports betting and all the mm. evils that come with it. Um, but I and like we, Lord knows, we have ranted about sports betting on this podcast before, and we will do so again. Um, but I think that we are kind of losing the battle when it comes to sports betting. Um, but but in terms of battles, I also need to call out one that we are winning with a callback to early Apato days, season one of Apato. <laughs> we did a, a whole piece about accessibility at City Field. And one of the things that we found out and was like, it is ridiculous, is that there's no accessible transit in the area at all. So if anyone who, you know, has accessibility issues wants to go to City Field, they have to drive. So yeah. that is from like day one. That was like one of our rallying cries. Um, and he, that's one of the things in the plan is a fully accessible new transit hub for um, for the MTA and for Long Island Railroad. So that is, I really like that. That's huge. That's like, that is a well won battle. It's like by far the most exciting thing about this plan, to be honest, but the rest of it is really cool too. There's, um, in addition to the, the, uh, casino, there's a live music venue. There's, uh, there's hotels, bars, restaurants, uh, playing fields for the community, uh, a Queens food hall in community space, um, a playground, bike paths. A fair amount of park space, too. Yeah. Green yeah. Like space. 20 acres is not That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, and five acres of athletic, uh, community athletic fields and playground. Um, just very, very cool plan. And if, you know, if a casino is what it takes to get the rest of this, then so be it, I guess. Um. And I guess it's just worth saying that, like, 
you know, we make no secret on this podcast that we don't think billionaires should really exist in an ideal world. (laughs) But if in a world where billionaires exist, which is the world that we currently exist in, um, this is the platonic ideal of how your billionaire sports owner should be spending his money. Yeah. Oh, and like they said, like, the jobs it'll bring to the community, the revitalization it'll bring to the community. It's, it'll just be not, it's an overall net positive and not just for Mets fans, for like the greater Queens community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really like, I think one of the things that, you know, I want to make sure that we see is that, is that the way it's constructed is open, you know, is like, demonstrably part of the surrounding community and that the parks are accessible to the community easily and that you know it doesn't there are ways that you can kind of make a place feel closed off without actually closing it off and you know i do want to make sure that it's that it's the backyard of the kids who live there that they get to go use that equipment and have you know the the fields and the playground and have access to all that green space. I think it's great. It just, we do have to make sure that it's actually, you know, created in a way that meets that need. Yeah. Yeah. But I Uh, think like with the athletic, like it's a community athletic field. So I feel like that vision is there. It just needs to be implemented that way. Yes. Yes. Uh, And also they're also still, or at least I don't know if the, plans are still there for the nycfc to build the soccer yes. stadium yeah so it that just wasn't seems... part of this like, yeah, plan but... that they unveiled but i think that is still the intention for that to be a part of this yes so i don't know it just seems like they're making it a way to make it more of a destination even just for baseball fans like i like the pnc kind of vibes because when i went to pnc I loved the vibes around the stadium when they closed down the Clemente Bridge and you could just, you know, walk across it, walk down the streets where they had live music, they had food trucks, like they had the bars and the restaurants with outdoor seating and people were showing out, even though the pirates were so bad, it made it a destination, it made it an event. So I feel like, you know, you can get that vibe now at City Field, if there's other stuff going on, like a concert or a food hall, or you know, there, it's not just going to be tailgating in the parking lot is your only option on a game day. Like there's stuff to do, and you're making it a destination spot now for other baseball to other fans of other baseball teams. Yeah, um, and I know that our dear friends at Ebbs are pumped about this because well, I'm sure. It brings more people to their business. Like, I I know that, like, it means com- competition, I guess, uh, in the sense that there's going to be other bars and restaurants um, in the area. But I think that's a good thing because that means that they're only their their clientele isn't exclusively people going to the baseball game on the game day. Oh, yeah. You have more people in the area now, which would probably equal more business. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so, like, and basically, EBS was the only option before. So to have more options, I think is going to be great. Like, I talk all the time about how, like, similar to PNC, like, how great Nats Park is, that that experience of Nats Park, because Nats Park is in the middle of a vibrant neighborhood with bars Are you and sure about that, Allison? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going right. to say, do you need to see a map? Yeah. <laughs> do I need to see a map of the area? Um, yeah, no, the... And I think that, you know, people who don't know what the word gentrifying means, um, I got accused of not me, but like the the person who tried to argue with me about the location of where Nats Park is um, said that like it's it like basically he was arguing against this because against this city field plan or like this. Uh, this metropolitan park plan because like Nats Park, it would be gentrification. And I'm like, that's not what gentrification means. Uh, You have to actually displace people <laughs> to gentrify. <Yeah. laughs> they are taking, well, gentrify what? The asphalt? The chop shops? 
Um, yeah, I'm sorry to the chop shops. I am sorry to the they chop shops. They had a good run. They had, they had a good run, run but it's time. <laughs> um, their time has come. Their time has passed. <laughs> similarly, Nats Park was, there was nothing around it. It was, it was asphalt and the abandoned Navy Yard. There was nothing there. Um, and they built an entire neighborhood um, with bars and restaurants and like lot and, and a music venue nearby. Coincidentally enough, um, lots of other cool like you know res- like high rise buildings, uh, housing, uh, a lot of cool stuff in the area. And now it's a really fun place to go uh, see a baseball game. And I just want that for City Field too because as a ballpark. City Field outclasses Nats Park a billion times to one, but there's nothing around it. So that makes the game day experience far less fun. But now with this Metropolitan Park, it's going to be really, really great. And the community is going to benefit from it, too. I think it's a win win. Really, really good stuff. I think it was when the um, we were talking about it in Slack and I forget who brought it up. But the best part about this plan is the Yankees can never have anything like this. (laughs) <laughs> it's so true i think it was thomas that said that yeah like um, around the yankee stadium's already built there's really nothing your your stadium's your stadium at that point but yeah since there's there was nothing can... around city field you had that option to build i liked up. that this news story dropped almost at the same minute that a news story dropped about the Yankees um, trying to do more bunting and base stealing next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then Cashman had a quote today. Too, I was man. like, I was like, that's a, that's a switcheroo from what chef's you usually hear. It's a chef's kiss. Yeah, the the Cashman quote Mets was titans of industry. <laughs> Cashman quote was the Cashman quote. Uh, I mean, the whole Cashman rant was something else. Uh, but the choice quote from it, um, because like he he basically dropped a bunch of f bombs, and I, I did like yeah. the I did like the David Stearns quote uh, about like how he's not tenured enough to to drop an f bomb during an interview, but he's <laughs> glad like Cashman is passionate or something like that. <laughs> um, well, and we should point out that Stearns still looked young and charming, so like the Mets haven't gotten to him yet. Not yet. It's only been a few <laughs> weeks. Yeah, um, David Stern and I are very young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we are both very yeah, young. Yeah, the bloom of youth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the best Cashman quote from from that uh, that rant was uh, quote to say we are guided uh, guided by analytics as a driver. It's a lie, but that's what people want to say. I know I can't change the narrative. All I can continue to do is say bullshit. Not true. So it's like, but I, I think I I think I quote tweeted like a screenshot of this article. I was like, our enemies are spreading vicious and slanderous rumors that we are a smart organization. And let me be clear. That is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see his quote today? No, I didn't see today's. Oh, what did he God. say today? Uh, he like completely trashed Stan for no reason. Oh. I mean, like what he said wasn't wrong, but you don't say that as GM. Like I was like, mm. Cashman is just going scorched earth, and I don't understand why. Like, is it just because he knows he ha- he's untouchable, so he can say whatever he wants? Is it because he knows he's on borrowed time and he might get fired soon? I can't go. Oh, yeah, here it that is. That is my favorite brand of chaos that's what he's leaning into the chaos okay so here's the quote i'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not he's going to wind up getting hurt again more likely than not because it just seems to be part of his game wow wow that's way harsh time he just called a guy soft basically (laughs) like stanton that guy soft next that's part of his game. Like that's such a nasty thing to say. It is somebody who he has met and knows and has seen busting his ass to get back out on the field on a regular basis. You know, someone like Stanton, whose body betrays them every step of the way, they work harder than anybody. And that I like, that is hurtful. It was because he's not getting hurt on purpose. He's not like going out there and like slamming his fist against a wall. Like it's not dumb injuries. It's just his body at this point. Big yikes. 
That's messed like, up, man. Yeah, really messed up. But like I said, you can't say that as this guy's boss, that. basically. Yeah, that's that's a yikes. Um, speaking of yikes, <laughs> Trevor Bauer is meeting oh, no! major league teams and trying to make a return. At Q a series of gagging noises. We don't have to say anything else about it other for now, at least. Um, hopefully we don't ever have to say anything else about it because hopefully no one will sign him. Um, but it's worth noting, I suppose, that he is trying very hard to be signed by someone. And knowing this godforsaken, depraved league, someone probably will. So then we say, have to talk about it at that time. But I kind of blame Mookie Betts for this for opening the door. Yeah, I no, mean, most definitely. He was always going to try to get back in the league. Like, yeah. that was always going to happen. But I don't, I feel like Mookie Betts is making it easier for him. To- yeah. But then everybody had tummy issues. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it should be telling that, you know, you tried to meet with a bunch of MLB teams and then everyone started shitting. <laughs> Like that shouldn't that be indication that the universe is like telling you something? Telling you something. Like you're literally shit. Yeah. And like make no mistake. Noro is no laughing matter. No. no and my no. heart goes out to everybody affected by that absolute misery. Bless. Good luck with that. Sorry. We wish, we wish you all a speedy recovery. <laughs> Indeed. But the the symbolism is just on point. Just everywhere. A speedy recovery from norovirus and from speaking to Trevor Bauer. Oof. But that's their own fault, though. I'm not if sure you... I would ever recover from speaking to Trevor Bauer. Personally. No, but if you grant him an interview, that's your own fault. I suppose, yes. I suppose so... if you choose to speak to him, that is a choice you've made. Yeah, unless norovirus it was like, isn't a choice. No, unless somebody like innocently got was like minding their own business, walking down the hallway, and like Luba accosted them, then those are the people I feel sorry for. Other than that, that if you take a meeting with them, then that's on you. He's just projecting his like YouTube videos on all the hotel TVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can honestly see that. Yep. Anyway, we will we will not talk about him unless we absolutely have to. So let's move on and end the show like we always do with walk off wins, where each of us talks about talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Cervich, what is your walk off win for this week? I'm kind of glad we're we're podcasting, so I cannot watch. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist's Hall of Fame induction ceremony that is taking place right now as we speak because I would probably be sobbing because um, he was you know the Rangers David Wright and he was you know he was everything for the organization for for so long and Allison like we've said you were just you happen to end up being at his last game in front of fans <laughs> at the garden. So it was kind yep. of just an unceremonious ending and he deserved better and he deserved a cup. And I'm t- it's, it's really David, right? Like how did they fail him so miserably? So, I mean, it's a happy, he absolutely deserved it. Uh, he's won a gold medal in the Olympics. He's won like the, it like the World Cup, or it's like a hockey kind of World Cup. I forget what they call it, but he's won that with Sweden. He won the Olympics with Sweden. So the only thing he didn't get was the Stanley Cup because the Rangers could just never put it together. And he carried them on his back for so long. So I'm going to take this because the David Wright discourse I'm not ready for since he will be on the Hall of Fame ballot next year. <laughs> um, but I'm just so excited that he's just a wonderful human and he looks like he's a literal Disney prince and, but he was a hockey God. And, but he's also just one of the nicest human beings. And now he's a commentator and is good at that. He plays the guitar and is good at that. Like he plays with like rock stars and like Henrik have a flaw, just have one single flaw, leave something for the rest of us. Now he has a cologne. 
<laughs> that's a flaw. Maybe, maybe that, 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 that counts bad. as a flaw. Yeah, maybe it does smell bad. We don't know yet. I think <laughs> just having a cologne, I think, right off the bat, that's, <laughs> that's so, a deal breaker for me. They are selling it at Madison Square Garden, so when I go to a game, I will smell it and report back. <laughs> Please report back. I was going to say, you should, like, secretly buy it for Jesse for the holidays and then he'll smell <laughs> like Henrik Lundqvist. Um, you know, I mean, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> You're welcome, Jesse. <laughs> okay, so, but Henrik's hair is always perfect. Like, the gentleman just does not have a flaw, but he, he just just go, oh, the, their playoffs runs with him, man. Most of the years, it just took years off my life. They won every game two to one and like the last final minutes were always a mad scramble and he was always making these unbelievable saves and I would want to vomit by the time it was over oh my god I really don't know how I survived those playoff runs um but yeah so well deserved and I'm so happy for him and like I said he was our David Wright gives the Rangers David Wright and I was there sobbing when they retired his number at the garden. And so, I mean, this is a far gone conclusion that he would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I'm glad, you know, he got in first ballot right away. Um, so I've, had, I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is weird because I've been to both the Hockey Hall of Fame and to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame first because I went for Piazza's induction ceremony. And then my friend was getting married in Toronto in 2019, and it was near the Hall of Fame. So I thought, oh, let's go visit the Hockey Hall of Fame. And it's um, it's not what you expect because it's in a mall. And- yeah, I haven't <laughs> been to the Hall of Fame, but I've been to the mall where it is. It's, yeah, I was like, well, we have to go in through a, a, a mall to get to the Hall of Fame. I was like, this is Canada. Shouldn't it be like the be all and end all? Like, shouldn't it be like the Mecca for hockey fans? It doesn't feel very polite. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so confused why we had to go through a mall. It's a nice but- mall. They think it was gorgeous, especially because we went in December. My friend got married around Christmas time, and the way they had it decorated was gorgeous. Um, but so I did. I got to see like his. Um, I got to see Hendrick's um, Olympics uh, jersey. I got to see his name on the Vezina Trophy, which is like the Cy Young for goalies because he won that, of course. Um, so I got to see his name inscribed on it. Um, so I did I did see his stuff um, when I was there in 2019. But now I feel like I have to make another trip now that he's officially inducted. And, but I still get to see him because he, he does stuff on the Rangers. And, like, uh, and he answered. <laughs> it was his birthday. And he tweeted that he like his cake was in the shape of a burger. So they always do like, oh, ask the uh, ask like Henrik questions. So I was like, well, how is your burger cake? And he answered my question on air. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's literally perfect. Um, and I also met him once, and it was embarrassing because I just like had verbal diarrhea in front of him, and it was. <laughs> but I did get his autograph. <laughs> so congratulations, Henrik, on a great career. And I wish the Rangers didn't fail you so much you deserve better man (laughs) this isn't my walk-off win because it's kind of a sad thing but i do feel the need to mention it in light of linda's walk-off win which is that i do want to shout out real quickly megan rapino because she is basically the women's soccer david wright um and she had her final game of her career she already had like she she announced her retirement at the end of this season and so she already had her last game with the u.s women's national team so they already had like a nice send-off for her and everything and that was all well and good um but she had won obviously a world cup multiple world cups uh with the u.s women's national team she's won olympic gold medals but she had never won uh, the league, the NWSL. So it's kind of similar to Henrik in that regard. Um, so uh, she was playing uh, in the NWSL final. Her team, uh, OL Reign, were playing against uh, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC um, in the final. 
Um, and Megan Rapino tore her Achilles tendon two minutes into the game. Oh, it was I know I felt so bad. Devastating. I like it was one of those like sports heartbreaks that I've only felt that way like a handful of times in my entire life while watching sports and pretty much all the other times are things to do with the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, it was just like uh, my heart shattered into a million pieces and like watching her cry on the sideline. I couldn't take it. I couldn't freaking take it. It was it made me so sad. I mean, in, in the end, like she she's achieved like she's a legend and this doesn't diminish her legendary status in any way um but i was devastated watching that but congratulations to uh to gotham new jersey new york gotham fc they want they actually won the nwsl final and a small consolation uh that uh Allie krieger who is another legendary u.s women's national team player um also retiring at the end of this season from soccer um did win a championship in her final match so that was kind of the like story the storyline that they were setting up for this final was either either megan rapino or ali krieger was going to win a championship in their final games of their soccer respective soccer careers so that's pretty cool so at least ali krieger got to celebrate that moment <clears throat> even if it was a sad ending for megan rapino but doesn't diminish her legendary status in any way anyway that's not my walk-off win but i'll, I'll figured i'd deviate to say that yeah. we love women's <laughs> sports on this show so i figured it was appropriate i was gonna say in new york women's sports are killing it right now everybody else needs to get on their level exactly the men need to step up the women are doing great yeah <laughs> liberty and liberty and gotham doing great men need to step up uh-huh. maggie wiggin what is your walk-off win for this week um i was thinking back to Last year, when it took three appointments of almost an hour each time to get my daughter one, two shots for COVID and the flu. Um, One appointment, we couldn't even get it done. It was just, she was too upset. It wasn't going to happen. And then three days ago, I took my baby girl's hand and we walked over to the doctor and she got her flu shot. And COVID shot like it was nothing. Oh, and it was just we had such a nice time. We went out for a nice lunch, and then afterwards, after the shot, we got um, was it an Oreo McFlurry? Nice, which is actually still in the freezer, and I wonder if she remembers that. I remember (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, but it was just it was such a nice way to spend the afternoon with my baby girl, who I am so proud of every day, and um. It's just generally awesome like that. And it was also right before the the first shot, it was like she suddenly remembered she was supposed to be scared, but she just like worked through it. It was it was awesome. Kids are amazing. Um, Also amazing is flu and COVID shots. Your babies can get them at the same time. Um, And the best time to do it is right now. So, yeah. Yep. That's I got my combo. COVID and flu shot and it I have been exposed to COVID a couple of times since then and have not gotten COVID so shout out to the COVID vaccine I was literally just looking at the vaccine and then got it so I'm uh I'm I'm off the list for a little while (laughs) yeah I'll Um, get it when I can (laughs) you'll be eligible again soon yeah I do want to get it, but but in yeah. the in in the meantime, you have that sweet sweet immunity from get, from yes. So my walk-off win for this week is that um, over the weekend, um, first of all, I gave myself a long, long weekend because I had Friday off because of the observance of Veterans Day. Um, but I ga- I took a day off on Thursday also to give myself a four-day weekend because I've had... October is always just my busiest month at work and it's really terrible and I'm coming kind of coming out the other end of that. This week is still kind of bad, but after this, it should settle down some. But I want to give myself a mental health day, uh, which I desperately needed. Um, And then on Friday, 
I went up to um, New York uh, to see my best friend for her birthday, um, which was Saturday, but we celebrated it on Friday. Um, some friends and I, um, you know, hung out in the city all day. We walked around Central Park, looked at the foliage. It was nice. We went out to dinner. We um, had drinks and we went to see her show because she was in um, a community theater like production. Um, so we went to see her show um, and then we got drinks afterwards. And then um, I went uh, to stay with my parents. And then on Saturday, um, I did a belated birthday celebration with my parents because I hadn't seen them uh, since before my birthday. Um, so we went to brunch and then we went to a brewery I really like um, by their house. Uh, and yeah, it was just a lovely weekend getting to see a lot of my best friends and my parents. So that's that's my walk off win for this week. I always love seeing your parents. So <laughs> they're so adorable. <laughs> I love them. I would normally say I'll tell them you said so, but I know that they'll just listen to this podcast and hear it themselves. <laughs> okay. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. McKay. <laughs> they hear it every they they listen every week and then they ask me where Mensch of the Week is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, which you will hear a bunch of the week this week. You'll also get that later. Um, but in the meantime, you can go to hormoneapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic podcasts. You can support our work by going to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. You can follow homerunapplesauce on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on social media on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Blue Sky at a pod of their own. You can also reach out to the show by email, aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. You can follow each of us on Twitter and Blue Sky. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app of choice. Just search Home Run Applesauce and you should be able to get our entire awesome suite of pods. We have some Patreon exclusive content coming up for you guys soon. So get excited for that for our patrons and yet another reason to join our Patreon. Um, if you have a moment, please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets and don't forget there's no crying. <laughs>